Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 21st of August 2016, entitled, A Table in the Wilderness. And the Bible reading is taken from Psalm 78, verse 19. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Psalm 78, we're going to read one verse there found in verse 19. Psalm 78. Verse 19, I invite you to stand to honor the, word, the reading of God's holy, precious word, taken from Psalm 78, 19. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Father, we thank you this morning that as we take this time to look into your word, Lord, we praise you and thank you that... We can have confidence of knowing that the God of this word is still the God in our lives today. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, as we gather here this morning, you know the hearts of each and every one that's sitting under the sound of this message. So we pray, Lord, that you would speak through us today to speak to the hearts, Lord, of each and every one, that the work might be done in each life that only you can do. May it done for your glory, for your honor, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We find in our reading in our text this morning in Psalm 78 and 19, of course, if you go back and you read the entirety of this psalm, which we just simply don't have to this morning, let me assure you that we find here God's people that had turned away from God. Of course, we look back and we find that here in verse 19, that the people are speaking against God, which is not uncommon a lot of times when they find themselves in trouble. It's interesting how that so much of the time it's easier to ask, why has God done this? Uh, when oftentimes it's not what God has done at all. It's the lack of God in our situation. But here they ask this important question that I want us to consider this morning in their they're asking it, if you will, in a mocking way. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? When we think of wilderness, I guess we can think of a lot of things. What do we mean when they're talking about furnishing a table in the wilderness? Well, I'm sure that most of times have been in a natural wilderness in this world. Sometimes we find that we would consider ourselves out there away from everything else. We're out there. We're maybe... Uh, out in the middle of a forest or woods somewhere that there's nobody else around, there's nothing around, or sometimes in our emotional lives, we would consider ourselves to be in a wilderness. In a wilderness when we just can't seem to find uh, direction and we can't seem to find the peace and we can't seem to find the joy. But I want us to focus especially on this morning. Yes, the physical and the emotional are always there, but we find ourselves in situations where we can be in the wilderness spiritually, spiritually in the wilderness. And sometimes we may ask this same question that the nation of Israel was asking when they were in that situation, can God, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? When you're out there where that there seems to be no direction, there seems to be no peace, there seems to be no tangible things around to help you, when you're there in the wilderness and you don't know where to go, can God supply a table? Well, 
We could, with that question, we could look back, as of course with the nation of Israel here, and we could look back into the Old Testament and we could find surely where that God had furnished a table for them in the wilderness time and time and time again. The same nation that is asking this question are the same one that he took through for 40 years in the wilderness on the backside of the desert. He furnished a table for them in the wilderness when they were literally wandering around having no earthly idea where they were going They knew where they were supposed to be going. They didn't know how to get there. They wondered and they wondered, but God supplied the manna from heaven. God met their needs. God supplied those needs for them. This same people now, rather than looking back, they're asking themselves in a mocking way, can can, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? But I want instead to take you to a familiar passage that it's recorded very few things are reported in every one of the Gospels, but in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this account is recorded. Turn with me, if you would, first of all, to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, and I'm going to begin reading so you understand the timing and when this was taking place and what was going on. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 14, and it says, At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus, said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. The king began to hear about this one called Jesus, of all the things that was going on there, and he's saying here that this has got to be John the Baptist. He's He's risen from the dead. Why? For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. When he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, The daughter of Herodias danced before him and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. She, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head. Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. What a gift to ask for. The king was sorry, nevertheless, For the oath's sake and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it be given her. Now, Herod didn't want to do this, but he had made a promise that he had to keep, and because of what everybody else would think around him, he said, okay, do it. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it, and went and told Jesus. So this event takes place. And of course, as John the Baptist's head is literally delivered on a a, a platter, the disciples take his body, they take it away to bury his body, and they go to tell Jesus what's taking place. Notice verse 13, when Jesus heard of it, He departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. 
So Jesus has just heard exactly what took place with John the Baptist being beheaded. And when he's told of this, the Bible says he departed thence by ship into a desert place. Another term for wilderness, a desert place where there's not much there. So we know that Jesus is going away into this wilderness. Why? Well, he just got news of what had happened to John. So I'm sure that part of this undoubtedly is out of sorrow. He goes apart with his disciples there, it says, and when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Amazing. <laughs> Jesus, you put him in any kind of a situation, and here he is, this one that's dear to him, the very forerunner that had paved the path for him. He's had his head cut off. He's gone aside. When he sees all these people coming, his attention is immediately upon those multitudes that are there, and he has compassion upon them. He begins to heal their sick. So this was an exciting time. But then notice what happens in verse 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. And the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. We're in a wilderness here, Lord. We're in a desert place. In other words, there is nothing around us where we are that can meet this need. We've got all these people out here. Now, they haven't had anything to eat. These people are hungry. They're starving, and yet we're in a wilderness. We're in a, we're in a desert place. We, we can't possibly. We need to send them away now while there's still time so that they can go somewhere else where they can find because they're not going to find it here. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. They're in the wilderness. They don't, they don't have anything, and yet Jesus had looked at them and said, no, you don't need to send them away because they've got a need. You give them what they need. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, okay. Bring them hither to be. We only got five loaves and two fishes, and we got thousands of people. Lord, this isn't possible. Bring them to me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. They did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides uh, women and children. Now, not because it's different, but because these passages lend themselves to each other. Turn over a few pages in your Bible to the Gospel of Mark as he records this event. The Gospel of Mark chapter 6 I'm going to pick up for the sake of time down in verse 27. Of course, speaking again of the head of John the Baptist, and immediately the king sent 
an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel and the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid him in a tomb. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Many times when we think of the wilderness of a desert place, we think of it as not somewhere that we want to go. But here at the end of this event, realize that it's Jesus that is inviting his closest followers, those apostles, to come apart into a desert place and rest a while. There's times. There's times when it's good to be in a desert place. There's times when it's good to be in the wilderness. There's times when it's good that everything is not around us in order to fill our needs in a natural way that we can just see them. Notice he goes on. He says, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. They were so busy. They were taking no time for leisure, no time to rest, and so he's inviting them to come apart. And it says they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing. So here's Jesus. He's got his apostles. He said, look, we're going to go into the wilderness. We're going to go into this desert place. They get in the boat. They're heading across the water. The people saw them departing. And many knew them and ran afoot thither out of all cities. And out went them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were, here he gives us the reason why. Matthew told us he was moved with compassion, but the Bible tells us here exactly why. He was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. They were like sheep, not having a shepherd. What happens with sheep when they don't have a shepherd? I can promise you. They're one of the sweetest, cutest little animals that you've ever seen. One of the most gentle little animals you've ever seen. But with nobody to guide them, nobody to protect them, nobody to take them to where that they need to feed, they're pretty dumb. <laughs> they just wander about. They sense absolutely no danger when that danger is present. Jesus sees these people and he sees them like sheep wandering about without a shepherd. Nobody to guide them. Nobody to lead them. Nobody to feed them. Nobody to take care of them. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. The people saw them departing, and many knew, and they went there. He saw them. He had compassion upon them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came into him and said, This is a desert place. And now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Their natural recourse, we're in the wilderness 
we've got to go out there somewhere and buy what it is that we need to meet the need here. They're looking in a very practical sense. Okay, if we got to feed all these people, we're going to have to take a whole lot of money and we're going to have to go out there somewhere and we're going to have to buy what we need in order to do it. He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. When they knew, they saw five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. They were sitting down. All these thousands of people, they were broken into groups of 50 here and 100 here. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. You can turn in Gospel of Luke in the Gospel of John, you can find these same things being recorded. And you find different things. You find that these five loaves and these two fish came from a little lad that was present there that day, that that's all that, uh, that he had. I want to think just on this simple thought this morning for a few moments, a table in the wilderness. A table in the wilderness. Now, it was Jesus that led them into the wilderness. Okay, Jesus led his apostles there. The other people saw it, and they followed. It was Jesus that led the way there. Why? Well, he told his apostles that it was to come apart, to come apart from the world, to come apart from all the, the natural things there. We're going to go here because we want to come apart from all of those things. Undoubtedly, he was saddened by what had happened to, 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 to John and, and, and the loss and, and all those things. And we know that that's always a, a mixed time emotionally because when we know that there's a better place prepared for them, and yet this was a pretty cruel way. He made it clear that he and his disciples needed to spend some quiet time together. They needed to come apart from the world. They needed to spend some time together. And of course... We know that Jesus already knew, even though that they didn't. Jesus knew that he was going to spread a table in the wilderness. He knew that these people would be following. He knew that when he went out there that they were not going to end up being the only ones out there. We find that I want you to consider three things as we think on this this morning, as we just try to picture and look upon that scene of being in the wilderness, of being in the wilderness, it's not always a bad thing to be in the wilderness. It's not always a bad thing when you don't have everything around you that you need to, to meet the needs that are at hand. We tend to think that way. We find that here, even as the nation of Israel, even when that they were away from God, when that they were disobedient to God, when they were not giving God the credit for what he was doing, God's hand was still upon them. We know that he was with them in the wilderness, and it was God that led them through the wilderness, but God knew what lay ahead for them in the promised land as well. 
God knows what lays ahead for each and every one of us. The first thing that we need to remember in this scene is the people. The people, the masses of people that are, that are shepherdless. That's what Jesus said about them. He said they're like sheep without a shepherd. You see, today, as we look about us, when Jesus was on this scene there at Bethesda, we find that there were 5,000 men plus women and children. So who knows? The Bible doesn't tell them. Maybe it was 20,000 plus people that are, that are gathered there. It was a pretty big crowd. But of course, as God gives this to us, there are more than just thousands in the wilderness around us. You see, the bad thing is, is that most people are in the wilderness and don't know it. <laughs> they think that they've got the things that they need at hand, but they don't have the Lord. We live in a world that's a dark place, a place that spiritually is the wilderness. Sometimes in our Christian lives, even when we come to know the Lord, sometimes we can end up in the wilderness. You know, we just, we don't have that peace. We don't have that joy. We don't see the things around us that we need to, to make us happy and to fill our needs and all of these things, but these are people. There were thousands of them there that day, and they were broken down into these groups of 50s and 100s. I believe that even as they're representative of the people of the world today, that there are people groups all over this world, groups here and groups there, and they're all different sizes, and they come from all kind of different backgrounds, but they're everywhere. They're all around us in this, in this world. I believe that it's also representative of the fact that even though they don't realize it, <laughs> that it is God himself. They are enjoying the providence of God himself. They are enjoying the fact that they would have nothing in this world were it not for God. They're representative, I believe, of all those masses and millions of people, just as even before they knew it that day, Jesus was there. They'd heard about Jesus. They knew of a lot of the exciting things. They, they naturally followed after Jesus. They had no idea what they were going to see that day. They had no idea what Jesus would do for them. You know, the truth is today is that the masses of people all around us, they have no idea that Jesus Christ has exactly what they need, and it's sufficient for all men, the Bible teaches us. Spiritually, they're all in the wilderness, but Jesus Christ is the very one that, that can supply that. Now, as we look at these people, and if you turn to the different passages, we find that in our reading here in Matthew, notice what he says down in verse 14, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. You find if you turn and read the same thing in the Gospel of John chapter 6, you find that that's why that some of them, the Bible tells us, was following them because they saw that he could heal their sick. And here they are, they're actually carrying, bringing their sick to come there. Some of them are earnest. Some of them have a certain amount of a genuineness and earnestness about them. They're, they're interested because they've heard what Jesus has done before. They may have even seen some of it. He's been healing people. And so there is a natural curiosity that brings them to, to come to find out who this guy is and what he's got to say. And we find that they're there and 
if my calculations that I read are correct, when Jesus went out on the sea and they went across by boat, but the Bible talks when we read there that these people actually went by foot. So they had to go around the lake, around the sea, and it was about four miles that they walked. It was a pretty good journey that they took off walking around there, bringing their sick with them, carrying those that were ill. They were traveling this because they had a genuine interest to see what this Jesus really could do, what he was all about. We find out that we read there that he was teaching them. It's obvious that some of them were willing to sit and listen to what Jesus had to say. They wanted to hear what it was that he was teaching. But sadly, everybody's motives aren't always as genuine. Notice what it says in the passage in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 6, the Bible tells this about a lot of those people that were there. John chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Some of these, Jesus is talking to them after he has filled them and and gave them their fish. He said, you didn't come and follow me because of what I could do as God. (laughs) He came simply because of what it would do for your tummy, what it would do for you physically, not what it would do for you spiritually. You see, sadly, the vast majority of the world out there in this wilderness today, the vast majority of them, are selfish in their motives. They're looking for what's good for me. What's good for me, just as they were. You came because I was going to feed you a meal. Not because of what I, I could do with who I am, but the thing is, when Jesus looked at them, he knew that they were needy. He had compassion upon them. And of course, we find that he immediately, in verse 15 there, he sends his, he's, he speaks to his disciples about what that, that they are to do for them. He says, and when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves. The disciples had one idea of how this was going to be meat. They saw the people. They saw that there was a need. They saw that they were hungry and that they didn't have anything to eat. But their answer was to meet that need in a purely natural way. Send them away so that they can take care of it themselves. We find that in Mark chapter 6, he tells us there in verse 34, that was the passage we read a moment ago, that they were like sheep not having a shepherd. You see, Jesus knew that they needed natural bread. But Jesus knew that even far more than that, that they needed the bread of life as well. He told me in verse 6, there, there's no need for them to go anywhere. Why? Because that's where Jesus was. That's where Jesus was. We want to look to the world for our answers so many times. So as we consider a table in the wilderness, I want you to understand, first of all, this is about people. People that are in the wilderness. People that may have good motives or they may have bad motives. They may be looking selfishly at what it can do for them. They may be those that are earnestly concerned. Some that want to know and want to learn and some that don't. These were the people that Jesus was gathered with that day and he he makes that clear. He tells us all this about them and we, we look about them and that's the wilderness today. 
But you see, as we look at this picture, as we look at this desert place, this wilderness with all these masses of people and, and all these different groups of people, we find that amidst all that, Jesus spreads a table. They're in the wilderness where there's no natural answer to this. Jesus spreads a table there in the wilderness. Now, you'd think that the disciples by this point, having seen what Jesus has done, that they would have a little bit more faith. But then we look back, yeah, you'd think that the nation of Israel, after God brought them through the wilderness for 40 years, meeting their needs and bringing them to the promise, you'd think that they'd have a little more faith in their God. You'd think that his disciples that day would have understood that Jesus could take care of this, no problem. And yet they're still, they are his followers. May I say, friends, a lot of times today, we as Christians can still be looking at how to solve everything in the worldly way rather than trusting Jesus. Trusting Jesus to do it his way. His disciples, even then, were underestimating. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, I said you, know, you know the biggest problem in most lost people and most saved people's lives when it comes to seeing God? We don't see him for all that he is. <laughs> He's, we make him too small. We don't understand just how big our God is, just what our God can do. And so we go back to our natural way of thinking time and time and time again. Many lost people never get saved because they never grasp what God really can and will do for them. Many Christians struggle through life just as God had to time and again rebuke his followers for having too little faith. Jesus said, give. They said, but, Jesus said, do it, but, but God, but God. And, and, and you know, that's the way with us. God wants us to do something. Verse 16, but Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and Two fishes. Lord, you're telling us to do this, but do you see what we've got to work with? Do you see how we can deal with this? Lord, we don't, there's no way we don't have what we need to do this. God says, do it. <laughs> Soon, they would see that this wasn't just a mere man. There's the multitudes. There was one thing that was seen for sure that day by all that was there. Jesus could do something that no man could do. All the magicians and all the tricks in all the world couldn't feed all those people with five loaves and two fishes. It was important that day, both for the saved and the unsaved, for the disciples that were there with him, and for those that followed for all the different reasons, it was important to see 
who Jesus was. Jesus was God. Jesus was God incarnate. Jesus was good. Jesus knew all this was going to be. We find that this table, it was spread in the wilderness. Yes. It recalls that earlier scene from the desert when all the manna was there. Jesus showed them then that he was God. They quickly forgot. <laughs> Jesus seems to have to show us time and time and time again. In John chapter 6, we find that, that here Jesus anticipates something more because if we had time this morning, you could take and, and read it for yourself. We find that even though that God supplied them with the bread and the fish that they needed that day, God gives them something else. And of course, this is the great discourse following the feeding of the 5,000 when Jesus lets them know that he is the bread of life. He said there in verse 33, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He goes down in verse 35, I am the bread of life and he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Why are you saying, I didn't make this up. Jesus himself did. Jesus following the scene where he had all these thousands of people and he feeds them with literal bread and fish in this world. But Jesus says, look, I want to tell you about a different bread. I want to tell you about the bread that everybody needs spiritually. I want to tell you about the bread of life. This is what I really came down here for. This is what this is all about. Why is he here performing them? Yes, but he could have fed them from heaven, folks. Jesus came down to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus said, I know they need bread in this life, but I came to give them the bread that will last forever, the bread that will last for all of eternity. And the thing is, we sell him short. We're in our world today. We're in the wilderness that we live in, and we look around us, and we, and we see all these people, and yes, many of them have real, genuine needs. We try to rationalize so many of the things away. Well, I can't do anything there, and I can't do anything here, and I can't. You can do the one thing that's more important than anything else in all the world. You see, in the wilderness, we're talking about a wilderness that's filled with people. We're talking about a table being spread in the wilderness. I know. I know this world is a wilderness spiritually. I know that it can't meet their needs. I know that the things are there. But Jesus has told us to take them the bread of life, to go to them, to give them the same thing that he gave them there by the Sea of Galilee that day. Jesus is here today. Jesus is the one that can spread the table wherever that wilderness is, and he's still spreading that table today. You see, we see. We see the people that are shepherdless. We see the table that is spread by Jesus alone. Folks, he's still the same. Don't sell him short. Don't try to think, you know, so many people, they don't, they don't want to accept the miracles of the Bible. They don't want to seek, they don't want to accept these things that they can't explain and understand and somehow prove in their fleshly wisdom. God hasn't changed. God is beyond man. 
man's power, man's understanding, man's wisdom. Don't let your God be so small because you can't explain what he's doing. There's a wilderness full of people, but there's a table, a table that is spread for them if they will but take. And on that table, the third thing I want you to notice is the bread, <laughs> the bread that's served. People that are shepherdless, the table that's spread, the bread that's being served. Jesus Christ is the head of this table, folks. <laughs> he was brought low so that they might be able to trust. Verse 18 says, he said, bring them hither to me. That's all we have to do. <laughs> Keep this in mind. You see, it's not us. We may not have the bread that they need. We may not have any of the means to feed those needs. Jesus hasn't asked us to do it. He said, bring them to me. Bring them to me. You don't have to be able to perform the miracle. You don't have to be able to do it in your strength or anybody else. All you have to do, bring them to Jesus. That's all he's asked any of us to do. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to me. Jesus looked up to heaven and he blessed and he broke the bread. There's only one person that can turn the wilderness into a paradise. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. The physical surroundings did not change that day. It was the bread that was being served, the bread of life, Jesus Christ himself. That's what's being served from the table that spread in the wilderness. And the thing is, is today we are in that wilderness. The table is still being spread. And the bread that's being served is the bread of life himself. We've got to realize this. We've got to remind ourselves Jesus Christ, he's the head of the table. It's his table, but we are the servants. We are the servants, just as it was there that day. You see, the multitudes came, and the multitudes were there with all of these groups. But Jesus used his disciples. <laughs> he used his disciples. I wonder if even we couldn't think from a spiritual standpoint that those groups of 50s and 100s and all of that, not only in the world, but isn't that what we see in our spiritual world as Christians as well? God's people all over the world, grouped in their 50s, 100s, sometimes thousands, these places we call churches, they come together as a group. But the thing is, is that in all of these, remember, Remember, the wilderness is real, just as it was that day. And there is nothing there. But there is a table that is spread, a table that Jesus has spread. It's his table, and he's serving the bread of life. But he's commissioned us, just as he did his disciples that day. You, bring it to me. He blessed it. He broke it. He said, take it to the people. It was the disciples that went around taking it to each one of those people. Jesus was using them to accomplish his work. Jesus is still using people today. He needs people, not because he's helpless. 
Do you know what a, what a glorious privilege that it is to serve tables for the Lord Jesus Christ? That's what he was using them for. <laughs> I like the fact that, you know, I honestly believe it's just like the Word of God. As we give it today, Jesus said, bring them, bring them to me. What did Jesus keep saying to Peter when, when he asked him, do you love me? Of course I do, Lord. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. That's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the deacons. Yes, that's a great, awesome responsibility that we have. But for all of us, he sent us all to go. There's a lost world out here in this wilderness. There's only one table that they can eat from that is going, their needs are going to be met. That's the table that Jesus has spread. It's the bread that he is that bread of life. He sent those disciples. He said, go, take it to them. And you know, it's just, it's just like when we begin to get, it just multiplies. It just multiplies. Do you realize I can give you everything if you can stay awake long enough and not get hungry in time, I could begin at Genesis 1-1. I could read every word in this Bible, go right the way through it, give you every word that's there, and guess what? It wouldn't even begin to scratch the surface of what God's Word will give to you. It multiplies, and it multiplies, and it gives us more, and it gives us more. That's what he sent us, to give to this world. <laughs> you know, Amazing. In verse 20, they did all eat and were filled, and they took up the fragments that remained 12 baskets full in this wilderness. Remember, it's the people that are important. It's the people that were important to Jesus that day. And in this wilderness, when he saw their need, and he sent his disciples to feed them, and that bread just continued to multiply and to multiply and even after that, all finished. There was, another, there was a dozen basketfuls left over. You'll never, ever, ever. You'll never run dry. You'll never run out. There's enough for everybody. And there'll be plenty left over when it's finished. And that's all the Lord has asked us to do. I wonder, even as we think today, I wonder if there's somebody listening today. Maybe, maybe you're in the wilderness. Maybe you've looked a lot of places and a lot of things to, to fill that void, to fill that emptiness, but you just, you don't have. You don't have that real peace. You don't have that real joy. You don't have that real fulfillment in your life. May I ask you, first of all, have you received the bread of life? Have you received the only bread that will give you life everlasting, that will take you right through eternity, that you'll never hunger again? The bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. If you haven't today, I'm telling you today right here. Oh, it's a wilderness. We can't deny it. <laughs> but there is a table that is spread. And Jesus is the head of that table. We're here today to serve the bread that he's... We just want to bring it to Jesus. He brought the people to them, and he used his disciples to give to them the bread of life. Folks, today, if you need that, you can have it right here today. And Christian, I know, 
as Christians, we all feel like we're in the wilderness sometimes. And if we're not careful, we can be guilty of the same thing as the world out there when we begin to sell our God short. Oh, we of all people ought to know if we're sitting at the table with Jesus, we'll never go hungry. He'll always have sufficient what's there for us. Not only for us, but for all of those around us today. If you need the bread of life, Jesus is here today. The table is spread for you. Christians, the table that's spread in the wilderness today, God's asking you, come on. Go out there, all those groups of people, bring them to me and give them the bread of life. Give them the bread that they'll never hunger again. Are you doing that today? Are you serving them? The only thing that will make you, I don't care if you're being nice. I don't care if you're doing all these good things for them. If you're absolutely the best friend they've ever had in the world, are you feeding them the bread of life? Are you offering them the only thing that will change their life? Folks, that's what we're here for. That's what Jesus came for. And that's all that really, our life really matters when we're down here. It's not what we do for ourselves, but it's what we do for him. Father, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of knowing one day that, Lord, you'd spread that table for us. Lord, that we saw that you were offering us the bread of life, the bread that would last us for all of eternity. I don't know the hearts of these here this morning. I don't know who might be listening or not. You know the needs, and I do know this, Lord, that this it's the message you laid upon my heart today to remind the lost and the saved alike about a table in the wilderness, a table that is your table that spread, Lord, a table that contains the bread that will last forever, the bread of life. Lord, those, that bread of life that will bring them into your family forever, that bread of life that we need to be sharing with every individual that we possibly can, because that's what will meet their need, and it's there for them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.